0: It's the time of year to figure out what you want to do in 2023. And over the next two podcasts, I'm going to give you a very easy way to budget, as well as implement the budget and track using your budget. Most of us really and truly don't like the budgeting process because for all intents and purposes, we create the budget and we don't necessarily track it. So why do we waste our time creating a budget? Well, because we're supposed to do it, because our banker asked for it, because, you know, we think we just have to do it, but then it sits on the shelf. Nobody ever looks at it. Or you put it in QuickBooks or another accounting software package that you're using, and it tells you budget versus actual. And if you're way off course, so what? I mean, it's not a big deal. And putting it in QuickBooks is probably not the best thing to do. You need to look at it not only on a month and yearly basis, but you need to look at your budget as you know, January, February, March, and April. You need to see where you were and how far you are over budget, under budget, you know, what has to happen if you to make budget for the rest of the year. And those types of things are not in QuickBooks. So The method that I use actually allows you to see where you are with respect to budget for the entire year. And if you're ahead of budget and revenues, why? If you're behind budget and revenues, why? And the same thing for the expenses side. If you're ahead, why? If you're behind, why? And if you're doing things right and things are going well, keep doing them. Um, You'll end up doing really, really, really well. Then I want to tell you, this is a story that happened only once in 35 years that I've been working with contractors. Started working with a contractor in the first part of the year, and we put the budget together for that particular year. Believe it or not, by June, the entire year's budget was made. Revenues and expenses were in line with revenues. And the owners basically said, hey, great, we can coast for the rest of the year. Nada. Nada. Murphy went to sleep and everything went absolutely perfectly, if not better than perfect. So we actually created a budget for the last six months of the year. Believe it or not, they made the entire year's, rest of the year's budget by November. So I let them slide for December. It's the only time I've ever seen this happen. And I've seen it the other way more often than, you know, here's what we want to do. And we're not even close in June. So we have to Um, revise the budget so that we don't set ourselves up for failure. Budgeting and the document that it produces should be a living, eating, breathing document that you refer to every week and every month so that you know where you are and you can spot the minor issues before they become major crises and take care of them so that they go away. So the budgeting process that I use is, is simply an Excel spreadsheet. And if you're interested in the Excel spreadsheet and what's in it, just go to hvacchannel.tv and click on products, it's in there. What we start with is just a series of questions that you should and probably need to ask your employees. Number one, what went right this year? What happened that was good? What went wrong? What did you learn from it so that you don't do it again? Number three, have you run into any new competition? Number four, have you seen any of our competition go out of business? Number five, what would you like to see our company do next year and how can you contribute to making that happen? And the last question is kind of interesting. Um, People who are new with your company don't know the answer to this, but people who've been with you for a couple of years or five or 10 or 15, 20 years, what did we used to do that we stopped doing? And that's a really interesting question because sometimes you just fall out of doing things that we're doing really, really well. And an employee will remember that. And so you may want to start doing it again, you know, and and this will help you define the goals that you have for 2023. And if your employees have input into the goals, then guess what? They're actually going to be more likely to help you achieve the goals than if you just set them yourself and give them to them and say here this is what our goals are for next year without their input they're not going to be really thrilled about helping you achieve them it's it's much better to involve them in the process itself so those are the questions just to know where you want to go for the year it might be revenue goals it might be maintenance goals it might be employee goals you know hiring some more field employees or an office employee It might be customer-type goals. I mean, any number of things can actually impact your budget. So the way I look at budgeting is I start with seasonality. And I start there to figure out what the seasonality of your company is. And we'll talk about that in a second. Advertising is also, marketing and advertising are also really, really important because they define, you know, what you're going to do. And my thing is that we wanna make sure that we have two different buckets. We have a bucket for people who are existing customers and we have a bucket for people who are potential customers. And you know, those are the things that you do that are like the social media things. But all right, let's start with the seasonality tab. And seasonality is an interesting thing. We may think we know what our busiest months and what our slowest months are. However, if you've tracked it and you know, you know, January of 2021, we did this, February 2021, we did this, and all the way down, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22, you know, whatever three years you want to use, you may not want to use 2020 because it was our COVID year. And it kind of screwed things up um, from a seasonality perspective. But, you know, look at the historical seasonality, what you've done revenue-wise in each of the months, and you just dump this into the Excel spreadsheet, and it will calculate your seasonality for you based on the past three or four years. And that's what you would probably do as an average. Now, are there going to be really, really hot summers and really, really cold winters? Absolutely. And then you're going to be ahead of budget with respect to revenue, you want to make sure you're then ahead of budget with respect to gross profit. So calculate seasonality first and don't necessarily do it from a gut reaction. Um, Put the numbers down, see what the numbers are showing you. You may be dead on exactly right and congratulations if you are, but you might find that some months are actually um, produce more revenues than you might've thought that they did. And the only way you can do this and make sure that it happens is if you actually put the numbers into an Excel spreadsheet and see what seasonality actually is. When we get back from the break, we're going to talk through advertising and marketing. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. We'll be right back. Many times, relatives are recruited to do your company's books without knowing how to do the books or you hire a bookkeeper who really doesn't know bookkeeping. If this is you, then your books are probably inaccurate. You probably pay more taxes than you should, and you rarely look at a P&L and balance sheet because you know they are wrong. What do you do? Have your bookkeeper enroll in Ruth King's Contractor Bookkeeping Basics. After completing this online course, your bookkeeper will know bookkeeping. You'll get accurate financial statements that help you make good business financial decisions. To enroll, click on the link in the show notes or call us at 770-729-0258. Enroll today. Welcome back and thank you for listening to Contractor Sense. Before the break, we started the budgeting process with seasonality and figuring out, you know, what percentage of business you do in each of the months. And right, you know, look at your numbers for the past couple of years to figure out what the average seasonality is. And, you know, as we talked about, COVID year might not exactly be a great year to use because it was so out of whack with what you might have experienced before and have experienced after. So in this segment, we're going to talk about the advertising and marketing tab, which is the second part of what I normally do. And and I look at it from a perspective of you got to track it. If you're not tracking your advertising and you're not tracking your marketing, then you have no clue whether it's paying for itself or not. You want to continue doing things that are obviously producing a profit based on what they're doing and you want to stop doing things that are that are just, you know, a money drain. And remember that anything you do from an SEO perspective Impressions don't count. They don't pay the bills. Now they're going to argue with me that, you know, impressions and people will get to know you and da, 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 da. But unless they call your company, impressions don't count. So you have to say, okay, I did 27 impressions. Five of them called the company and we produced revenues and we and they did X. So the impressions have to lead to revenue. And I know of one marketing campaign where there was literally a million impressions, no revenue. All right. Now, either the message was wrong or something, the, the people they were sending it to was wrong, but something was wrong to get that many impressions and no sales. So warning signs should be going up in those cases to make sure that, hey, this is wrong. Let's fix this. Let's figure it out. So the way that I do advertising and marketing is I look at it in two two major buckets. I look at it in a bucket that is your maintenance and your current clients. And then I look at it, the bucket, you know, for everything else, for all intents and purposes, non, you know, non-customers yet from from that perspective. And you do special things for your maintenance clients. And one of the most special things that I really like to do is a, a Thanksgiving. We love our... Customer's postcard where only your maintenance clients get this postcard, and it gives them a $25 discount on anything. So, if they want $25 off the renewal of their maintenance agreement, guess what? They get $25 off the renewal of their maintenance agreement. So, there's a lot of different things that you can do with that. You can do special mailings, you can do special phone numbers, you can do special newsletters. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you want to necessarily talk to. And make sure that you are really and truly taking care of your maintenance clients as well as your customers, right? There's a lot of things we can do with um, Constant Contact or MailChimp that we can send very easy emails and those types of things, which don't cost a whole lot of money and you can set up an entire year's activities in advance. So it just kind of runs. So you don't have to really and truly think about it. The other side of it is the things that we think most about. Um, one of the things that I would strongly suggest you do before you spend tons of money on social media, on radio, on TV, on trade shows, you know, whatever things like that, is look at how many inactive customers you have. If your customer base is 5,000 and you have 4,000 inactive customers, the first marketing you should really be doing is to turn those inactive customers, i.e. customers who haven't used your company in the last 18 months or longer, uh, probably till about five years, it back into customers. Give them a reason to come back. That would be absolutely the first thing that I would do. Then again, you know, it's your company. You can do what you want. Remember that somebody who is an inactive customer has written a check to you, has given you a credit card has done business with you for a period of time. Not in the past 18 months, but they have, all right? So they, in my book, come first. Then I also, if we're looking at things that are non-customer oriented, I love doing things with community involvement. You want to make sure that your company is known for being involved in the community. If there's a shelter around there, if there's, you know, whatever you can do, whether it's with the schools, whether it's with um, community nonprofits, make sure that you donate back to the community. Many of my clients donate, you know, a hundred bucks for example, or 10 bucks, if it's a maintenance agreement enrollment or hundred dollars, if it's um, a new system to a charity. Um, and some of them actually just say, we're giving it to X charity or X nonprofit. Others give the homeowners a um, an option of three. It generally doesn't happen with the maintenance agreements. They just say we're giving ten dollars to X nonprofit. With home, with you know a a replacement system or a large project or something along those lines, they're more likely to give you give the customers three options of where it goes. But anyway, you know think about community involvement because people like doing business with people who support the community and support things that they like. Everybody likes puppies, okay, (laughs) and animals. I I shouldn't say that. There's got to be a few animal haters out there. However, the majority of the people like like animals and like, you know, those types of, of charity things, not necessarily the big nationals who can afford to advertise on TV, and a lot of their budget goes, a lot of your donations goes towards paying for that advertisement. You want local ones who are just focused on the community, so to speak. So there's there's two pots. There's the pot of what you're going to do marketing and advertising wise for your customers and your your maintenance agreement clients. And then there's the bucket for everything else, which is your social media, your your Google, your Yelp, you know, those types of things, as well as radio, TV, newspaper, potentially um, direct mail, trade shows, community involvement and those types of things. So. You figure out how much you're going to spend in what months you're going to spend it. And it all adds up to the bottom and it actually goes automatically if it's done right into your overhead tab, which is the next tab that you're probably going to do with respect to budgeting. And so what we'll do in the next podcast is I'm going to go through the overhead tab and actually the revenue tab and how to use the budget Um, as a living eating breathing document so in this first part we talked about seasonality and we talked about advertising and making sure that you have those two pieces of the budget done after you figure out and after your employees tell you what they'd like to see with respect to what the company does in 2023 so thanks for listening thanks for joining us Choose the one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money, too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email King at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.